Howdy y'all, and welcome to the Great State of Innovation, the podcast of Texas Innovators with me, your host, Cole Carpenter, and I will be joined by my co-host, Judge Gwynn, where we will cover innovation happening in the ninth largest economy in the world, the Great State of Texas. This episode is brought to you by Integrity HR Management, the premier professional employer organization of Texas. Integrity HR Management makes modern-day HR simple for your business. Let the professionals remove your headaches and help you get back to doing things that matter. Welcome to another episode of the Great State of Innovation, the podcast of Texas Innovators. It's me, your host, Cole Carpenter, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Judge Gwen. How's it going, Judge? Are you doing all right today, ma'am? Yeah, we're doing great. Really excited for this episode as we have a fellow Aggie and a wonderful organization on talk more about kind of their journey in Texas and uh, kind of educate the rest of us on organ donation and kind of the facts versus the myths. Yeah, we are joined today by with uh, Tara Storch, uh, the co-founder of Taylor's Gift Foundation and co-author of the award-winning book, Taylor's Gift. She's here to talk today about her and her husband's journey of turning grief into passion and provide a glimpse of the organ donation here in the U.S. and the, after the tragic loss of their daughter, Taylor. And howdy, howdy, Tara. Thank you for coming on to the show. Well, howdy, as Aggies would say, right? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Howdy. <laughs> Very glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for, for your time. We greatly appreciate it. Um, so I guess just to kick things off, tell us about you, your family, and um, and the light that came out of the darkness that was the, the loss of Taylor. Yeah, so my husband and I are both class of 91, Texas A&M, and, um, and that's where we met. We met on campus, actually, and um, both uh, business majors. I was a marketing major. He was accounting major. So I guess May's business school, which we're very involved with there. Um, but we have three children. We have Taylor, Ryan, and Peyton, and they are the joys of our life. Um, it was in March of 2010 that our family went off into a completely different path that we never would have expected. And, um, Like, I'd like to talk a little bit more about my family. Is that okay? Yes, yeah, of course. Okay. Yes, that's, that's why we're here. Okay. Um, so let me back up and say, I, you know, Taylor, Ryan, and Peyton, and they are the joys of my life. Um, Ryan actually is class of 21 of A&M, mm -hmm. and he was a maroon coat and very involved on campus. And our daughter Peyton is um, almost completion with nursing school at Texas, Texas Tech Health Science Center. So she wants to be a labor delivery nurse. Oh, so they awesome. are both very driven and passionate about what they do and um, very, very proud of all three of our kids. But it was in March of 2010 that our life went on a completely different path. We were on our spring break vacation in Beaver Creek, Colorado, having a great time as a family. And it was on that very last run on our first day that Taylor had an accident on the slopes and hit a tree and doing everything right. She was a great athlete wearing a helmet um, and just had an accident. And so it was from that accident that, you know, we lost her. Uh, she was care flighted to Grand Junction, Colorado, which was a two and a half hour drive for our family. She, we were the doctors were hoping to care flight her to Denver, but the weather was really bad. So they had to care flight her to Grand Junction. And 
when we arrived at the hospital, um, we were approached by so many doctors who were just giving us so much information and we're in so much shock. Um, but one thing that was very clear that they were all saying is that there was just no hope for recovery. And there's just the world comes crashing in, right, in a moment like that. Um, and I'll never forget, we were in the hospital room and my husband, Todd, was standing by Taylor and I was sitting down because I was just in such complete shock. And a woman, a woman approached us. I think she was the nurse there who just knelt down beside me and gently said that Taylor's a beautiful candidate for organ donation and would we consider it? And the way she asked it to us was so compassionate, compassionate and loving and no pressure. Um, it was just such a kind way she asked us because she just saw what was happening in that room. And I remember my husband and I looked at each other and out of all the decisions we were making, that was the easiest one to decide. And we immediately said yes. And it, it was really based on the fact that of the type of child Taylor was. She was always that encourager, that selfless child, that other-centered person that we knew if she would have been asked that question, she would have said yes. And I tell you, we had never talked about organ donation in our family, not even once. I mean, I, I may have checked my license, you know, back then when I was 16, got my license, but it wasn't a discussion we had in our home until we were faced with it. And so that yes created a ripple effect of good for five people that were waiting on the gift of life. And Taylor saved and approved the lives of five others with the gift of her heart, both kidneys, her liver, her pancreas, and she gave sight with her cornea. And when we came back to Texas and started our life over, remember my husband just kept saying he has this, um, his grandfather's voice in his head just kept saying, you know, Todd, it's not what happens to you that matters. It's how you react to it that does. And he said his grandfather used to tell him that when he was younger over and over. And that just really just came to the surface. And I mean, I mean don't get me wrong. Of course, it mattered that we lost her. I mean, it, it, it shattered our world. But we also knew our reaction was going to be real important, especially to our other two children. So, you know, we had a choice. We were either going to cave up in the grief or we were going to find the good in this. And the fact that Taylor saved lives was the good that we wanted to focus on. And so we started quickly Taylor's Gift Foundation. And the reason that was started initially was because when my husband, Todd, started doing research about organ donation, because that was the good that we were focusing on. In April of 2010, 12 years ago, Texas only had 2% of registered organ donors in the entire state. And that's just so small <laughs> compared to how big the state is, right? And so that really astounded my husband to the fact that he's like, we are going to make a difference. So the foundation initially started really with the, the mission really to increase the registrations and to share about the importance of donation. And along the way, you know, we realized it's not an easy topic to talk about. It's not. I mean, because when people think of donating organ, eye, and tissue, they immediately think of death. But every bit of organ donation and eye and tissue donation is all about giving life. It's all about life is what it's about. And so we created this foundation to really share that message. And 
knowing it's not an easy topic, we knew we needed to have some sort of like conversation piece, right? To start a conversation. And I don't know if y'all have ever talked about organ donation or this kind of a subject with your family and friends, but it's not an easy topic, right? So we wanted to change that. And so we created a message called Outlive Yourself. How do you want to leave a lasting difference in the lives of others? So when you're sitting around with your friends and family, it's it's more comfortable to say, you know, how do you want to outlive yourself? How do you want to leave a legacy? And then you can, you know, say if organ donation is part of your journey that you want to be an organ donor, you can say, you know, I want to outlive myself by donating my organs so others can live. I mean, that's a great way to bring it up to family and friends without it becoming this kind of uncomfortable conversation. Um, and letting people know your wishes, letting your family and friends know your wishes, because it's important for them to know that. Um, it's harder when they don't know that and they're faced with it in that moment. Um, so along the way, we just started this Outlive Yourself movement um, and really kind of started taking off. Um, and along the way, we also realized we needed something kind of tangible to make it real to people. So have you, I'm sure you may have even participated in this. Have you heard of like No Shave November? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Man, November. Man. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, of course. You're probably part of it. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, Judge, I still see there's some beards and mustache on you right now. <laughs> so you're still participating. But of course. Of course. So they, you know, with that, that's their conversation piece. Having guys grow beards, mustaches all during the month of November, that's their conversation piece to start the conversation about a hard topic like prostate cancer, men's health issues. And so that's their conversation piece. So we knew we needed something like that. So we've been really blessed to have some incredible partners who have come alongside us. Years ago, we had OPI nail polish uh, create a Taylor blue color. And, you know, Cole, Judge, I don't know if you know, familiar with, with OPI, <laughs> but it's, it's a very um, big brand when it comes to nail polish. And it's the Nike of nail polishes, right? right. So, um, and speaking of uh, like Nike, we actually partnered with them a couple of years ago and they created Outlive Yourself Socks. And so the blue on the sock um, is just a beautiful color blue that reflects the color of Taylor's eyes. And there's five stripes on the sock that give honor to the five lives she saved. Um, and so in order to have those kind of partners share that message, it's, it's been just an incredible journey so far up to this point. I understand that uh, y'all wrote a book. Um, tell us about that and what, what that was like. Yeah, that was, that was a really incredible process and such a gift. We were, um, after we met Taylor's Heart recipient and that story hit Good Morning America, it made a really big national impact. And we had a publisher actually reach out to us and say, you know, if you ever want to share your story, we'd love to be part of it. And it was a really large book publisher, um, Baker Publishing. And so- oh, wow. Um, we connected with them and it took a couple of years for us to finish it. So it's the story of our family and the journey we were on and just the, um, the pain and purpose and hope that came through our journey. And it has made a big, you know, impact. Um, it was named most inspirational book at the books for a better life awards in New York. And it actually was translated into Swedish. It wow. <laughs> had a wow. big uh, impact over there. So um, yeah, so that book has has really been um, a beautiful touch point with many, many people um, sharing our story. And it doesn't have to be um, 
you don't have to have like lost a child to have read our book. Um, we are very raw and real in it. Um, we do not hold back about what that pain is like. However, it is also about finding purpose after such a horrific pain in your life. And it can, you know, a tragedy can be, um, it's something different to everybody sometimes, what a tragedy is, is defined as. And so finding hope through that is what we really wanted to do, is to show that you can find hope after such a painful time in your life. And it's, I think it's kind of like what you said was, you know, y'all knew in that instance with your two other children, it was more about how you reacted and how you pick up yep. the pieces and that would that would carry them on through the rest of their life. And I think that's very indicative of your foundation and kind of um, kind of the whole brand around Taylor's Gift. And as you say, kind of every one of these conversations, they they are tough, right? Because as you say, with that nurse that, that approached y'all, she could see um, that situation and she knew how to handle it. And I imagine that's kind of the relief um, that a lot of the people you work with and the lives you change get to because they know you understand their shoes. You understand exactly kind of their thought process and what they could be thinking about, you know, when they make this decision. Um, and we, we talked a little bit before the podcast and you, you told us a story um, about how you were... Um, I think it was fresh in your grief journey and you were a little hesitant to, to go visit a counselor, but you, it was kind of that, that journey and that situation um, you, where you figured out she had experienced something similar. Could you kind of reflect on that? Yeah. So, um, you know, years ago when we started the foundation, we realized that there was this kind of national gap, if you will, for dedicated emotional support, specifically for donor families. And that's what we're called. Um, a donor family is a family who has a loved one that has become an organ, eye, or tissue donor. We're called donor families. And, you know, there was this big kind of gap for emotional support and grief support for families like ours, because the unique uniqueness, I guess, of our grief is that as a donor family, you have the grief from the sudden loss because donation like this usually comes out of an accident or a tragedy combined with the gratefulness that your loved one has saved lives. So it's this, it's this mix where you have grief and gratitude kind of share the same space. And so, you know, we really didn't have anybody around us that understood that. And so when we were very early in our journey, um, you're right, judge. I mean, my, I got a name of, a someone who would help my grief and, was a name from my brother who knew of somebody who knew of somebody. And I was very resistant about going to talk to somebody and getting help. Um, but then I learned that she had had a, a, she had had grief. She had herself lost a child. And from that, that was like a light switch moment that was like, okay, I would be with somebody that gets it, that really understands it. So as the foundation, we've been wanting to step into this space to help these families help donor families like this. And so um, we, we wanted to do this years ago, but honestly, the world kind of wasn't ready. We wanted to step into this emotional support piece, but mental health really wasn't something that people talked about or mm. was very uh, kind of under wraps if people were seeing a therapist or things like that. And so nowadays, mental health is so prevalent in the workplace in people's lives, they were able, able to talk about it. They're open to receiving it. And so it was like the perfect time for us to create this program. And it's, we created the Kindred Hearts program. And this program is specifically set up to and dedicated to support donor families in their grief. That's, and that's wonderful. And we'll certainly touch on the Kindred Hearts 
hearts program down here but it's just kind of as you said having someone that's been there i mean i think all of us just in our, our personal lives you know uh, at work you know if you have someone who's done this task before you you can look to them for guidance and uh, obviously right. your experience was on a much larger and more personal scale um but I, I just imagine through that program you've impacted just so many lives in its early inception um and can you touched on it a little bit tara or tara and um about your experience at AM, you know, you met your husband at AM. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about your professional background before the foundation? Um, because obviously you you mentioned you had to have a tangible product. You can't get that without having some business expertise as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, I had a marketing degree and my husband was accounting, and those two married together are, are great combinations. But before the foundation, um, I was in CBA Fellows, which is a um, organization at Base Business School. And through that, were able to get an internship. And so my first job out of college was with the company I interned for, which was Kraft General Foods. Mm. So I would I did sales for Kraft General Foods. And then I was in radio sales for Kplex Radio in Dallas and sold airtime advertising. And that was a fun industry to be in in the 90s. Um, and then we had Taylor. And from Taylor on, I was a stay-at-home mom. And um, you know, always had kind of a little side business every once in a while, but my, you know, Todd and I, when we met, we knew that that was going to be a sacrifice we wanted to make, um, for me to stay home. So I was able to stay home and be a mom. So I had a couple career changes, um, before I became a mom. And then in 2010, everything changed for us. Everything changed. And kind of every one of those experiences, like you said, in, in the marketing background, you know, as a mother, all of these experiences kind of brought you to where you are today. And I think that's really impactful for kind of your story. Um, Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Um, I know, Cole, you want to dive into some of the, you know, kind of the statistics around organ donation? Yeah. So, yeah. Could you um, break down the current state of organ do donation in the U.S.? Like, what, what does that look like? Or even just in, in Texas to start? Um, just kind of give us like the base, the basic and intro in, into what, it, what it's like. Yeah, so um, right now there are about 118,000 people across the nation waiting for this gift of life. And every day, about 20 people die waiting for that gift. So um, it is so important to have the discussion with your family if one day you want to save lives um, and be able to save others. But, I mean, it is, it's one of those um, subjects that's hard, right? Um, it's not just an easy topic to talk about, but across the nation, I mean, we are, you know, the, the more registrations we get, the more lives that hopefully can be saved. Um, and so it's, you know, we're always encouraging registrations. And if you are interested in becoming an organ donor yourself, if it's not already on your license, or if you haven't talked to your family about it, you can just go to um, taylorsgift.org. And at the bottom of our website, there's, we have a register to be a donor. And it'll direct you directly to the state you live in. Um, every so it'll and within 90 seconds you could be registered, um, and that is just a great way to do it. So you can just go to our website, go to the bottom in the footer, and we have a register to be an organ donor, and it it directs you wherever you live. You can register. That's amazing. Is um now do you know if like you know when people go to get their license or register is that the, you know, the main way people are registered to become an organ donor? Or? Yeah, the DMV is a huge partner. Um, they ask everyone, right? right, when they're when they're renewing their license, it's a question on there. Mm -hmm. um, and so 
the good part of having this kind of conversation that we're having now is that people start thinking about it before they go and get their license renewed or get their license and things like that. So that's why it's important to kind of have this conversation ahead of time. So it's something you've kind of thought about, right? Like it's right. something you'd like to do. But the DMV is a huge partner in registering um, organ donors across the nation. That's amazing. Yeah, I remember doing that. And I think, I don't know if this was recently or a couple of years ago, I think they, I don't know if this was in Texas or um, I think it was where they changed the the wording on it to where they, and they were able to boost more registrations, I, I think. Uh, anyway, that was just a side thought I had, but um, yeah, it's a very, very interesting thing, you know? Uh, yeah. Like you said, having that, that discussion with your family, I know I've had that discussion with my family when I had to, you know, get, get my license and whatnot. So I think it's a, something we, that's worth talking about and kind of understanding and thinking about because at the end well, of the day. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, at the end of your life, what a gift it would be to save others. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, just, it's, it's such a, it's a gift to other families. It creates this entire ripple effect of good for others and their families. And it just goes beyond that. Right. It's becomes this, you know, the, we've been very, very blessed to meet four out of the five recipients um, and seeing their families and seeing what they're doing now um, is very powerful. You know, when we met her heart recipient, that story landed on Good Morning America, which really kind of launched the foundation to a national level. And along the way came, you know, more media from that, from the Ellen show and people magazine. And we were people magazines, heroes among us for the work we've done across the nation with organ donation. And, um, you know, being able to share those stories on a national level has been a true blessing. And it's really, it's the amount of, uh, people that have reached out to us saying, because of Taylor's story, I've had this conversation with my family or because of your story, I've registered to be an organ donor in my state, or it's something I had never thought about before, right. you know? And so just sparking that thought um, and also being able to share kind of the myths and facts around mm -hmm. organ donation, because, you know, some of the, you know, people ask, you know, why aren't more people registering and why aren't we, you know, we have more people. Well, it's a lot of it is because of education, right? And it's exactly. sometimes fear-based. Um, you know, one of the myths that we've heard and is that, well, if I'm an organ donor, if I register, then when I go to the hospital, the doctors really aren't going to work hard to save me as much because I'm an organ donor. And, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, that's not even, I mean, from personal experience, I mean, doctors take a Hippocratic oath that they do everything to save your life, everything. And I saw that in person that they did everything they could to save Taylor's life before anyone talked to us about the opportunity of her being a donor. Um, you don't talk to a transplant team. There's nothing like that that comes in the way of them saving your life at all. So that right there was already a myth. And the fact is that, no, they're, they're always going to save your life. You know, um, another myth is that, well, you know, I've, I've, there's certain, I've been sick in my past or I've had skin cancer or cancer and I'm not be able to do that. Well, sometimes that's not true. I mean, right now they, we have, um, there's the hope act where they are transplanting, um, organs from HIV donors to HIV recipients. Um, so just because you have HIV does not rule you out to save lives. Um, and also sicknesses there, there's really, 
you just would need to talk to your doctor about the viability of becoming an organ donor with whatever you have, but you would be surprised on how many people can when they think, when they really thought they couldn't. Um, and so it's, it's education. It really is education. For sure. I mean, I think that's, you know, the main goal or main purpose of most nonprofits, right, is to, you know, educate, not necessarily like raise funds or allocate funds. But I think, you know, that's where the most impact comes from you know, education and getting people's minds wrapped around it. Um, sure, because once you have that education, you can share with them the why you're doing what you're doing, like the right. why of why we do Taylor's Gift is to emotionally support these donor families. Everything that we've done for the past 12 years has really led up to honing in on this mission because it's something we have experienced. It's a need we have seen with the Kinder, you know, Hearts Program for this grief support need, and it's all led up to this time. Um, and so it does start with education. And along the way, you share with people, it makes them think, okay, you know what, I could, I am, obviously something, this is something that's important to me too, in my family, I want to share with others. And Taylor's gift can kind of be the vessel for that, you know? So. So what does the, um, the process look like behind organ donation for those donor families? Yeah. So, um, it's a, it's a really fascinating process. Um, once a donor family says yes to donation, um, there's an organization called an OPO, and that stands for Organ Procurement Organization. They are the ones that have, you know, relationships with the hospitals, that the hospitals will let them know um, that there is a potential donor. Um, and so that's when they step in and they walk with this family through the entire process. So an organ procurement organization is the organization, there's 57 of them, 55 of them, I think around the nation right now, um, that are the hands and feet and the bridge between the donor family after they said yes, of getting those organs to those recipients who are waiting. So imagine the logistics that goes on behind the scenes when a donor family like us says yes. Now they are involved in matching those organs the logistics of transportation of how to get those organs to those people, um, communicating with the transplant hospitals to make sure that the recipient is called in order to get to the hospital on time to receive this organ. There's so much logistics that go on behind the scenes of saving lives. So as a donor family, you know, we start that process. There would be no gift of life on the other side unless a donor family like us said yes. And so we are not involved in the weeds of that process as a donor family, but many times the, the coordinator from the OPO, Organ Procurement Organization that we're working with, will, will let us know. Like when we were in the hospital, I remember she told me, she said, oh, Tara, she goes, your daughter's heart is going to save a mom in Arizona. Her kidneys are staying here in Colorado and could be helping two men. Her liver is going to help a young child. You know, we didn't get names. We didn't get addresses, but we were given hope that look what's happening. Look how our child, our loved one is saving lives. So they were walking us through that process. The OPO also cares for our do the donor families um, and helping them kind of navigating the, how do you connect? If you want to connect with your recipient, what does it look like? How do you do that? Um, they are helping them with, you know, 
connecting them back to um, support in any way they can. And so it's, it's a beautiful process these OPOs do. I mean, they are truly the bridge, the hands and feet. So that's really the process of it. Yeah. And um, that's just such a, I can just imagine just such a hard process for families. It's such a hard thing to go through, especially for the first time. I, I, I really can't imagine being in those shoes. Um, and it kind of brings us to the next point, which we touched on a little bit earlier, Tara, is the Kindred Hearts program. And yeah. that is super impactful for these donor families. And I know you kind of touched on its inception and everything, but can you mm-hmm. explain to our audience a little more about how that about how that program is going to drive the future of Taylor's Gift Foundation? Yeah, I mean, this is this is it. This is what we are hanging our hat on and so excited about. Um, we are already helping families in Texas and in Indiana, Nevada, Ohio, New York. We have a family in Alaska. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it is a national program. Um, it's, you know, our home base is Texas for sure. And we work with families in Texas. Um, but it is, it's so broad reaching um, that this program is, is becoming a national program because the need is so great. Um, so our Kindred Hearts program, families are finding us through um, our social media. They're finding us through other family and friends, and they're also finding us through their local OPOs, the ones that I was just talking about, the ones that are meeting with the families. Um, these OPOs, organ procurement organizations, their local ones are, are talking to the donor families because that's who is sitting with these families. And they're letting these families know of this resource, of this emotional support and grief resource. Um, so that's how donor families are reaching us. And once they reach out to us, once we connect with the donor families, which is usually when they connect with us, um, it's a form they fill out. And we are back in touch with them within 24 to 48 hours, which is so amazing to get someone help that quick. Because right now, if someone is reaching out to a counselor, especially if they're new, um, it is, it's hard to kind of get on the counselor's schedule because mental health has become so well known and so sought after. There's so many counselors who their time is now so limited. And so in order for people to get help, it's taking a, maybe a little bit longer than expected. Um, so we're able to offer them help within 24, 48 hours. And so what we do is that we offer them um, our Kindred Hearts program, which consists of Um, individual and family support, which are led through our caring guides. These are um, people who will walk with them shoulder to shoulder through this grief journey for an entire year. Um, And then we have support groups for those who want that support in in a group setting. Our caring guides and our support group facilitators Every single one of them have had an experience with grief. That is a requirement is that they've had to have had grief themselves because it comes back to be sitting with somebody who just gets it, who can knows what that feels like, that they weren't trained in it. They weren't certified in grief. They've walked it. And so all of our support group facilitators and our caring guides are, um, have all had a personal experience with grief. And the great thing about this is that this is absolutely at no cost to the donor family at all. This is a free grief service that we are providing because we never want finances to get in the way of a family getting help. I mean, think about it. I mean, could you imagine getting, you know, grief support for your entire family for an entire year um, at no cost, right? And we are providing that. And the way we're providing that is through the generosity of others. You know, we have, you know, we're 
always open for contributions because we are expanding this program at such a fast pace um, that the more funding we get, the more families we can help across the nation. Yes, ma'am. And I mean, wow, that's just such a such a great story and such a great offering you can give those people to have that counselor for just regardless if it was paid or not just to have that counselor with the family for them you know they get to learn the family they get to learn how hard you know this loss was and like kind of how they're picking up the pieces after that that's so yeah it's impactful it's not really a i wouldn't say a counselor like a therapist it's it's a companion it is it is a grief companion that is walking with you through it and they are trained they are absolutely trained they have been um certified in some things, but they are your grief companion that is with your family and it is making a huge impact. You know, this, this program is so needed across the nation that it actually caught the attention of NYU Lagone health Mm -hmm. and which is like Johns Hopkins, you know, very prestigious, very prestigious. And so they have this research team that reached out to us and they are doing research and a pilot program around our Kindred Hearts program nationally because they see such a need for this. It's such a gap that they want to step in with the research with it and the, and the, to create, to show that this program is very effective and it, it, it's proven to be so, so far. And I can imagine that's going to go a long way towards, you know, just funding for the program. Like you said, people being contributing, being generous, they see that it's making this impact. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, uh, we, we actually just had an episode about philanthropy and 80% of philanthropy in the country is from individuals as opposed to corporations. So, I mean, there's so right. many generous people in the U.S. And I imagine, like you said, just the more this story gets out there and, and obviously it's, it's reached way beyond our platform, but um, just the more awareness and funding is going to come down for these, these families and get them some help. I um, just have a lot of admiration for what y'all are doing in the fact that Aggies as well. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, So just to close it out, Tara, you know, um, know, we obviously touched on everything you'll have going on for now, but what does the rest of 2022 look like and how can interested folks get involved outside of the website? Yeah. So um, yeah, one thing I would absolutely direct people to the website because (laughs) taylorsgift.org, because there you can find everything about the program. There's also a section where you can volunteer. Um, It's called get involved um, and people can you know, want to be support group facilitators. They can be a caring guide. Um, they can give. Um, there's always opportunities that we have for people to um, be part of this program and help. Uh, so, I mean, that's a great way to get involved. We, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking around the nation, so you can, you know, follow us definitely on all of our social media. Um, please do that because we are always updating the progress we're doing and the impact we're having. And, and I'm speaking all over the place. And, um, and so that would be, you know, a great way for people to get involved. So just follow us along and support us when they can. Awesome. Yeah. We'll be sure to link all those, uh, links in the description below. So y'all can check that out. Um, great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for your time and coming on to the, to the podcast and uh, telling us about your story and, and, uh, and everything. It's been, it's been very insightful and we really appreciate it. It's been a privilege. Thank you all so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, ma'am. Download the Texas Innovators app on the App Store and Google Play. Like and follow the TXI Facebook page linked in the description to keep up with innovation happening in the great state of Texas. As always, thank you for listening. And remember, innovation never sleeps.